Let's join together in prayer. Precious God, Redeemer, Displayer of Love, thank You for being the pure example. Thank You, God, for putting on flesh and being Jesus Christ and walking with us and physically displaying to us the actions of love. Today, God, as we look at the Scripture to the Church of Corinth, love is, love is. Help us to see your identity and love is. Be with us today, God. Amen. So, last week, I may have made a mistake, but in a really fun way. Last week, I introduced you all to Anigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. And I started to talk to you about my really deep love for a movie called The Princess Bride. I got so locked into that that I started watching the movie again this week. And instead of, of drawing off and thinking of another uh, sermon topic, I may have accidentally started a sermon series on The Princess Bride. So we're going to do one more week of this at least. We might get another week out. We might look at, at Fezzik a little bit too. But this week I want to talk to you about Wesley and Buttercup, the Dread Pirate Roberts and Princess Buttercup. As we look at the Princess Bride one more time this week and we look at this scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and we talk about what love is. The ending song song of The Princess Bride is, is a, a beautiful song. And if you just go watch the credits and listen to the song, Our Love is Like a Storybook Story. There's so many images of pure love and the journey of pure love that takes place in this movie, specifically between the relationship of Buttercup and Wesley. Wesley starts out as a, as a farm boy, an assistant on the on the farm in the village where Buttercup lives, and Buttercup immediately falls for for Wesley, and she becomes so connected to him that she she does everything to spark his attention, and she wants to display to Wesley her feelings and affections for him, as she's also trying to figure out what his feelings and affections are for her. I'm going to show you this video clip to start out. It, it's, it's the beginning of this beautiful love story. And as we look at this scripture from 1 Corinthians 13, today I want to use the Apostle Paul's words to the church of Corinth as action words. You know, love is an action, it's an emotion, it's a feeling. Love is a response. And we're going to look at all of these ways that love is displayed through what love is. Love is patient, love is kind, love is gentle, love is not envious, it does not boast. Love is not self-serving. As we look at all of these identities of love, I want you to see the action. I want you to see the emotion. I want you to see the response in these words that the Apostle Paul is sharing as we look at this relationship of Buttercup and Wesley. So let's watch this first scene. The Prince's Bride. 
by S. Morgenstern, Chapter One. Buttercup was raised on a small farm in the country of Florin. Our favorite pastimes were riding a horse and tormenting the farm boy that worked there. His name was Wesley, but she never called him that. Isn't that a wonderful beginning? Yeah, it's really good. Nothing gave Buttercup as much pleasure as ordering Wesley around. Farm boy, polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. As you wish was all he ever said to me. Farm boy, fill these with water. Please. As you wish. That day, she was amazed to discover that when he was saying, as you wish, what he meant was, I love you. And even more amazing was the day she realized she truly loved him back. Come, boy. Fetch me that picture. As you wish. See, she's learning her place in the relationship. There's an attraction there for her. She wouldn't spend so much time around the farm boy if there wasn't an attraction there. But she's also learning through Wesley's actions that she, that he loves her too. That's the beautiful thing as the grandfather shares with the young boy who's sick at home in this story. He's sharing the reality that it's the actions that Wesley takes that shows love. It's one thing to say, I love you. It's another completely different thing to display and to act that you love someone. I want us to think about that conversation as we just saw it between Wesley and Buttercup, as we move it into this conversation between the Apostle Paul and the Church of Corinth. Because Paul is having this conversation where he's trying to both explain the emotional connection of what love is and try to display how the actions, the heart, the movement of another person displays the reality of love. As we look at my prayer today, you know, if we had a God of words, if we had a God that just solely existed in the Bible, if we had a God that we had no personal understanding or interaction with, this far and distant figure that we never actually see, then love is just words. Love is just feelings and love is just emotions. All right, words, feelings, and emotions are all important. But there is just something strong and powerful within the reality of the actions 
of love. As the Apostle Paul is sharing these words with the church of Corinth, he's trying to spark the actions. Now, the Apostle Paul later in Scripture shares, faith without actions is dead. So he starts to tie this whole story together. And he's starting to explain why that actions bring forth a reality. Why that actions spark a newness. And as actions spark a newness, they bring forth this reality. We know that they're real. We know that they're real. As Buttercup asks for the pitcher of water, as she asks for her saddle gear to be cleaned, as she asks the farm boy to do everything, and as he responds, as you wish, and does them to take care of her. It's Wesley's actions that helps her understand that every time he said, as you wish, he was really saying, I love you. And he was displaying those loves through actions. Now, back to the comparison that I started to lay out. If we only lived with a God that was from a distance, if we only lived with a God that existed in the words, if we didn't have the actions of love, there's a disconnect in there. And we don't see that love. I have shared so many times through my life what the most important thing to me about my salvation in Jesus Christ is, is that one day God wanted to show that He loved me, the world, so much that He put on flesh, left the heavenly realm, and came to be Jesus Christ to walk and to live and to talk with us. It's when Jesus Christ starts to do the as-you-wish actions. Jesus Christ walks and moves and has conversations with the community. He displays the miracles. He does the things that set the oppressed free and turns the tables over on what we understand as earthly rule and as the freedom of spiritual rule. When God puts on flesh and does the as-you-wish actions, as we move to the ultimate action of the death, burial, and resurrection, and we see the living out of the words, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. The as-you-wish actions. Now sometimes, things get so bad that we forget. We miss someone, we don't see God, we don't see the reality of God, and we feel lost and alone. And sometimes someone comes along and they do the right actions at the right moment and we are reminded of the presence of God. As we move into this next clip, we're going to see Princess Buttercup feel this longing, this loss of her connection to Wesley. But through one action, she's going to be reminded that that love is still real. You mock my pain. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. I remember this farm boy of yours, I think. This would be what, five years ago? Does it bother you to hear? Nothing you can say will upset me. He died well. That should please you. No bribe attempts or blubbering. She simply said, please. Please, I need to live. 
was the pleas that caught my memory. I asked him what was so important for him here. True love, he replied. And then he spoke of a girl of surpassing beauty and faithfulness. I can only assume he meant you. You should bless me for destroying him before he found out what you really are. And what am I? Faithfulness he talked of, madam, your enduring faithfulness. Now, tell me truly, when you found out he was gone, did you get engaged to your prince that same hour, or did you wait a whole week out of respect for the dead? You mocked me once, never do it again! I died that day! You can die too, for all I care! Oh. As you wish! Oh, my sweet Wesley, what have I done? Ow! We see the actions, the words, the active words of love display the real identity of Wesley to Buttercup. You know, there's this whole loss and longing that Buttercup has when she thinks that her beloved Wesley was taken captive by the dread pirate Roberts. And she doesn't know. She has this loss that she would never, ever see him again. And then she has this conversation with him and hits a reality of how that she still feels and that there he is. Her love is still there. That need exists in Wesley as well as he goes through this conversation with her and she utters the words to him, I died that day. Both of them are in a place of grief. She's grieving the idea that she lost her beloved Wesley and he is grieving the idea that his beloved buttercup just ran immediately to the next person as soon as she could. There's two grieving souls who were stuck so much in the grieving that they don't see what's really there. They don't see that the love still exists because they are so locked and lost in the grieving. I want us to think about that as well in this conversation with the Apostle Paul in the Church of Corinth. You know, there's so many places that we grieve that we feel lost and we feel forgotten by God. And it's, it's the grieving that we see more than the reality that God is still there. It's the grieving that we respond to and we get lost in than being able to see what's really there. That's where love is patient. Love is forgiving. And love does not boast come in. Because we get stuck in these moments of loss and grieving that we assume things that may or may not be real. Wesley assumed that Buttercup ran straight to the arms of the prince and Buttercup assumed that she had lost forever the farm boy who she loved and longed to hear the words, as you wish. See, when we're lost in the grieving, sometimes we need somebody to say the words that we connect to what our hope is built in. 
Sometimes we need to hear someone say the words to remind us where God really is, where freedom really lies, and taking power away from grief so that we can see the potential of what's next. When she says, I hope you die, and pushes them down the hill, the Dread Pirate Roberts, and to her who she thought was solely the Dread Pirate Roberts that killed her sweet Wesley, she shoves them down the hill and she hears the words, As you wish. And she says back, Oh my dear Wesley, what have I done? Sometimes we just need that one moment. We need that one place that we see the patience, the love, the not boasting, the non-envious of love, so that we can be reminded, even in our places, of the deepest grieving, that love is still there. And when we can find that place, when we start to build up in the hope that love is patient, love is kind, Love is not envious, it does not boast. Love is not self-serving. Love will always prevail. We'll know, we'll know that love will always prevail. And we can have that one moment, even if it's not as you wish of a person falling down the hill, but we'll hear the words, we'll see the actions that remind us that love is still real and we'll have a place to refocus and to turn to and to be reminded that love never fails. So here's the cool thing. And here's what the last movie clip is going to be about. When we get rooted in love, when we get rooted in love, when we remember the reality of love and we continue to find the places where love is visual and real and active, we can walk in a hope that is unending, that will never be stopped. We get locked in a hope that can push us and keep us going. And when we're locked in that hope, nothing can stop us, even if we can't stand on our own legs to do it. Sometimes we stand on the legs of love and we say to the pain, but we know through the pain we get to the image of love. Wouldn't you agree, Your Highness? A technicality that will shortly be remedied. But first things first. To the death. No. To the pain. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. I'll explain, and I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. That may be the first time in my life a man has dared insult me. It won't be the last. To the pain means the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles. Then your hands at the wrists. Next, your nose. And then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye, followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. 
Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing, will echo in your perfect ears. That is what the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish, wallowing in freakish misery forever. I think you're bluffing. It's possible, pig. I might be bluffing. It's conceivable, you miserable, vomitous mass. I'm only lying here because I lack the strength to stand. Then again, perhaps I have the strength after all. To the pain. I've always loved this scene. Not so much for how that Wesley the Dread Pirate Roberts confronts Prince Humperdinck and has him to sit down, but it is the power and strength that only comes through love that gives Wesley the Dread Pirate Roberts the strength and the power to do what he needs to do in that moment. He's weak. He's collapsed. He has no strength of his own. But it's only the strength of love that helps him to stand up, to confront Prince Humperdinck, and to do what he needs to do to set his dear Princess Buttercup free and for them to move forward in their lives and the love story that never ends. I want us to think about that because there are times, gang, and there's a colloquialism that exists that says that you don't have a leg to stand on. You don't have a leg to stand on. It's when that we run out of things that we can produce on our own that helps us get by to the next thing. And I want you to know, as we learned last week from Philippians 4.13, the only thing that can help us get by is something we can't make for ourselves anyway. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when I look at Paul's words to Philippi, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. When I look at Paul's words to the church of Corinth, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, it does not boast, it's not self-seeking. Love never fails. When I look at the Apostle Paul's words to the church of Rome that says, if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe us in our hearts that he has set us free, we will be saved. For it is our mouths that we confess to righteousness and our hearts believe unto salvation. When I put all those things together, it gives me this place to interact with the active love that we need to see so that we can be reminded that we're not alone. And we can be reminded when we're in these places, when we cannot stand on our own, that Jesus Christ is there to stand with us. When we get to these places, that we cannot stand alone. But we have the bravery to confess with our words and believe in our hearts what Jesus Christ has done. Jesus Christ can help us stand up. And when we get to these places, that we cannot stand on our own. We realize when we hear the phrase, to the pain, we are realizing that we have gone through what the psalmist David has said. 
to the pain. We have traveled through the valley of the shadow of death, and now we have reached this place where we can proclaim the gracious resurgence through Christ's grace, and we can go to that table that's set beside still waters, and we can sit in the grace of Jesus Christ and celebrate, celebrate something that we could not produce on our own, something that only comes through true love. I want us to hold on to that idea. Last week we looked at Aningo Montoya, you killed my father, prepared to die. And we looked at the, the love of someone who loved his father so much that it became his presence of perseverance. And this week we look at the lives of Buttercup and Wesley, and we talk about what it means when we find true love. The motivation to keep going, to keep trying, to become dependent on something outside of ourselves that will set us free that we can get to these places that we cannot get to on our own, these places where we cannot stand on our own. And we utter the phrase, to the pain, and we realize that we get to the other end of the valley of the shadow of death, and we can stand up in the loving grace of Jesus Christ and proclaim freedom. That's what I'd like for you to hold on to this week. As we go through part two of what I accidentally started as a Princess Bride series, May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.